Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show tonight. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I want to talk to you just a little bit, just a little bit about this notion of, of a human persona, both individually and collectively. If you've listened to this show much at all over the hundreds of episodes, we, we try to, uh, to focus on the human persona, the human potential, if you will. And certainly in these um, uncertain times, there's so much upheaval going on in the world today. We're pretty much right in the middle of the coronavirus um, reaction, if you will, that humanity is going through. For, for many people on the planet right now, they, they can't perceive a future very clearly it and uh, and I can understand what it can feel like to have your your world turned upside down. So many people have um, a sense of comfort that comes from from ritual from um, an established pattern, an established routine, if you will and People want to know that um, the, the world that they know, so to speak, is um, consistent and sure and predictable. I guess it's kind of like getting a, a check from your employer. When those checks um, don't show up anymore, all of a sudden your ears perk up and you look around and you're like, uh-huh, what's this, uh, what's this change we're talking about here? So certainly in these times, there is, for millions of people all over the planet, a huge upheaval, a, a huge, um, the, the, quote, normal world, unquote, it's been turned on its head. But normal if you think about normal the notion of normal normal by its very nature means more of the same what was normal in the past means more of the same that's the that's the normal thing to happen the expected thing to happen the the um but normals Falling apart, and that's a good thing. Our, uh, I think the, the metaphor of the day is the notion of the caterpillar and the butterfly. And I suggest to you that these weeks, not even months, these weeks, we are, in, we are at a pivot point of humanity that is just exceptional. And there's a couple of reasons why I think this is. If you if you think of the human persona, the the human archetype, the human even even the human genome, the the DNA idea of a human being, I suggest you is a very very powerful. Um, modality of expression, modality of incarnation. Um, in other words, if you went around and uh, learned how to talk to the animals like Dr. Doolittle and you interviewed dogs and cats about what their summer is going to look like, you would probably get zero sentences back. Dogs and cats don't think about the future too much. Now I, now I reserve the right to be wrong, but pretty much my I've lived with many dogs and cats, and 
they don't think two weeks out. They don't think two months out. They don't think two years out. And most of nature lives in the moment. Most of nature, sure, a, a bird will build a nest in the springtime. Sure, there's, um, there's behavioral um, patterns in nature that show an expectation for the future. But the human persona, not only is the human persona self-aware, and I think on this planet, most all of consciousness is self-aware, but that's another conversation. For us as a human species, a human genome, we have the ability to conjure up this thing called imagination. Einstein said that imagination is more powerful than knowledge. Imagination is more powerful than knowledge. So every culture thinks they're modern. We all have these phones in our pocket, and we can pull the phone out and call anybody on the planet and talk to them more or less instantaneously. We can shoot video and and email it to anybody on the planet. We can have a face-to-face -face chat with anybody on the planet. And and um, we've had so many breakthroughs in the realm of medicine and physics and electronics and communications and space travel. And it's it's very easy for us to think that we're modern. And I think every single culture for the most part, tends to think in general that they're modern. Um, the World's Fair where electric lighting was introduced, I think it was the Chicago World's Fair. We have electric lights now, holy cow. <laughs> and, and, and for that culture, it's an amazing accomplishment. But if you go back in this lifetime, um, I need to rephrase that sentence. If you go back maybe 200 years, let's say 300 years just to play it safe, um, we're talking about covered wagons and horses and, and um, a, a much different lifestyle. If you go back not very far at all, we weren't aware of the principle of electricity. Electricity has existed on the planet for a very long time. But we weren't aware of it, and, and we certainly hadn't harnessed electricity. And the reason I bring up electricity is, how do we talk about the intangible aspects of our human demeanor? How do we talk about the subtle, the perhaps hidden, the not-so-obvious aspects of our human demeanor. When something is etherical, in other words, if I can't perceive something with my five senses, how do I work with it? How do I, how do I conjure up a way to, underst to understand it? How do I conjure up a way to, um, to utilize it, to... Um, exploit its values, so to speak. Electricity was probably observed um, as lightning coming from the sky, and they probably thought it was the gods being pissed. And when we first discover electricity, we do this really crude thing where we run it through tungsten wire and it glows, and we call it light, and we go, woohoo, we're modern. And the reason I bring up electricity is because it's intangible. It's, it, certainly it'll shock you. Certainly if you stick a fork in the socket, you'll see sparks. But sparks are photons. They're not electricity. Sparks are photons. We can't really see electricity. We can certainly feel it if it gets out of hand. But electricity is etherical for the most part. Now, if I go to understand electricity... If I can't see it, how can I work with it? So we all have our, um, our phones, and on our phone is a battery indicator. 
there's a battery indicator that's showing us how much electricity our phone has. And boy, howdy, if, if my phone reads 100%, I feel pretty good. I, I can call, I can text, I can shoot videos. I have options. I have choices because I have 100%. And then if I use it during the day and I have it on all the time and, and time transpires and I get down to 20%, now the bar's red. And I get down to 15% and it's like, huh. I get down to 5%, it's like, can I pull off a phone call or will this thing crash on me? And, and the reason I use this metaphor is we all have a phone. We all have um, looked at the battery indicator on our phone to see what we could, quote, do, unquote. What could we do with the electricity in our phone? So if we think of the notion of electricity, well, if I'm loaded up, if, if, the, if the battery's fully charged and I have all the electricity I need, I can daydream to my heart's content and I don't have any concern about how it's going to happen. So let's take that notion to the human, the human metaphor, the human persona. I really love the notion of the human genome, the human archetype, the human persona. I really love it. I suggest to you that the human consciousness incarnate, that be you, that be me, that be every one of us with flesh and bones. I have a body. I can feel my body. I have flesh and bones. That gives me a vantage point that is exceptional. The reason I say that is millions, if not billions of prayers have been prayed to the, the God Almighty's, to the, the archangels, to the, the powerful deities of our folklore, of our um, mythology. But zero times do these big, powerful deities, do these gods, descend from the heaven and wave any kind of wand and remove our suffering. Our prayers aren't answered in whole automatically. They're just not. People have been praying for the end of war for centuries, if not more, and yet we continue to blow each other up. Our prayers are not being answered in mass, and I want to be very careful I'm not discounting the power of prayer. Prayer is a very powerful modality of um, bringing change. But collectively, in the big storyline, in the big storyline of humanity, prayer has, has not solved the big problems. Enter the human archetype. Enter the human persona. When you have flesh and bones, a curious thing happens. You have permission. You have permission at a level that it is not granted or perhaps taken at the level of the gods, the level of the deities, the level of the, of the most powerful on high personas. Their, their policy, if you will, is hands off. Do not reach over the human shoulder in, in suffering. Do not reach over the human soldier, uh, uh, shoulder. Do not reach over humanity's shoulder and strong arm a fix. Grant the humans free will. Fierce free will. Powerful free will. The, the notion of, of the sovereignty the dominion of a single human persona, I think, will be demonstrated in the future like it's never been done in our, in our past. If you think about the most powerful human personas that our, our history tells us about, there's personas like, certainly here in the West, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ comes comes onto the planet, incarnates in flesh and bones, 
and pulls off these miracles. Jesus Christ comes here and raises the dead, manifests food for the masses, heals the sick, and performs all nature of of miracles to our to our current level of understanding. And and Jesus said, Well, come on now, belly up to the bar. You're gonna do everything I'm gonna do. In other words, his his power, his ability to influence in the moment, instantaneously, his ability to affect change was an extremely powerful demonstration of the potential of the human persona. And he said, point blank, you'll do this too. You're a human being. You have Christ consciousness in your persona. Figure it out. Come on. Come on. So humanity is really hungry for a, a new story, a new paradigm, a new understanding, if you will, of, of how we can take the reins in a more conscious way. How can we um, bring the collective around in a more conscious way? How can we influence change to our human momentum, our human paradigm, if you will? How can we steer ourselves into the future to bring about a more harmonious, a more joyful, a more prosperous and abundant future for humanity? Well, you need flesh and bones. You have flesh and bones. I have flesh and bones. So what is it? What What is it about our human demeanor that has escaped our understanding? So imagine, if you will, wherever you are in this moment, ding dong, the door rings, and you open the door, and holy cow, there's Jesus Christ. There's Jesus Christ. He's come to your your <laughs> shelter in place docile. He's come to your to your home. So Jesus Christ walks in. Do you think the the power to manifest follows him around or does it exist everywhere? In other words, gravity hasn't changed. When you were born, gravity didn't care how you interacted with it. Gravity would have no issue whatsoever teaching you how to tumble down the stairs like a tumbleweed, banging yourself up, or gravity would have no problem with you dancing down the stairs. The, the principles of gravity didn't change. You came into alignment with the nature of gravity. Gravity, the, the principles of gravity are timeless. Gravity has been doing what it does without change for eons of time. Yet when you master gravity, you can walk, you can run, you can dance. So the principles of manifestation, the principles of miracles, the principles of mastering your relationship with the quantum field are waiting for one thing, and one thing only, and that one thing is you. So if Jesus came into your home, the principles that are in front of you right now before the doorbell rang, in other words, the, the potential of miracles exists wherever you are right now. The principles of instantaneous manifestation exist wherever you are right now. Time and space do not diminish that. The principles of miracles existed 200 years ago when we lived in log cabins and rode horses to go into town. The principles of the universe aren't going to change. It's going to be the human, the human persona that masters the already existing principles of the universe. 
Now, we, uh, we have archetypes in our past that talk about this. The, the archetype of, a, of an alchemist changing um, lead into gold, the, the alchemist that can transform, transmutate matter. There's the principle of the mystic, the magician, the sage, the healer, the medicine man. There's been notions of, there, there's been inklings perhaps of this idea of the fully realized human persona. Now, Jesus, Jesus, and and I want to be very clear. I'm Jesus is an extremely powerful persona. I'm not. I don't want to discount Jesus whatsoever. Boy, howdy, if I could manifest at the at the level of Jesus, which he says I will do and you will do eventually, if I could pull off the Jesus genome of Les Jensen, I'd pull that trigger right now. But Jesus incarnates on earth as as the metaphor says, the savior of humanity. Now when Jesus was about to leave the earth and he was on the cross and was being crucified, it's not like he got humanity close to salvation and if he had just stayed another two weeks, he would have pulled it off. When Jesus was on the cross, the Roman Empire was expanding perpetually as they had in the past, as they did while he's on the cross, and they did well after he passed away. They were expanding their, their plans of war, their plans of inflicting pain and death and suffering on other humanities in a vast and in a vast scale. So this very powerful persona, Jesus Christ, comes to earth this very powerful persona, Jesus Christ, comes to earth, and it's not through his individual single power as a single persona, as a single personification, a single human being. It was never intended for a single human being to turn the collective consciousness around. It's not how it works. When he was on the cross, the the war machine of humanity was expanding. We went, we continued on with centuries of war. It's it's not like he almost became our savior and and couldn't quite pull it off before he checked out. And I say this with the utmost respect. He's not going to super duper savior school. He's not going to raise his power somewhere else. He personified power at, at such an exceptional level. The reason I bring this up is the responsibility for humanity to change its path from, from hell on earth to heaven on earth falls squarely in humanity's lap. No one persona, be it Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, pick one, no one persona has the, the fulcrum to turn the tide of the collective story of humanity. But the human persona, which you are, which I am, the human persona has been operating at a vastly low level. In other words, if you think about the matrix archetype, the movie The Matrix, where when you are in the matrix, you're ignorant of your divinity, you're ignorant of your power, you're caught up in the karmic momentum of the collective consciousness. Certainly, we've been living in this 3D matrix here on Earth. And for the most part, humanity 
totally denies its divinity. If you were to go out in public and say, I'm going to don the power of, of what was demonstrated by Jesus Christ. I am going to raise the dead. I am going to heal the sick. I'm going to, et cetera, et cetera. The vast majority of humanity would roll their eyes and ignore you and think of you some, as some kind of a nutcase because we don't see ourselves in our own divinity. We don't see ourselves as the vehicle itself of salvation. So when you when you actually get it clear in your mind that it's going to be through flesh and bones, it's going to be through the human archetype, the human genome, the human paradigm that humanity saves itself. So when we look at the human persona, you have a body, I have a body. You have a past, I have a past. You have a karmic momentum, I have a karmic momentum. You have unresolved energy in your psyche called your subconscious. And likewise, I have unresolved energy in my subconscious. Where is this Jesus gene within us? Where is this Jesus archetype within us? Where is this alchemist, this wizard, this this um, master of divinity, if you will? Where is that in our human psyche? Well, that's been the that's been the focus of this radio show for for many, many years, for hundreds of episodes. I've been interviewing people for over 10 years now, and I search out every single type of modality that portrays the human being in a, in a powerful way. And if you've been listening to this show for any amount of time at all, you can tell that there's, there's many many modalities of humanity that are not front and center in the mainstream consciousness, that are not really talked about around the water cooler at work. There's a, there's a divinity within us. And I, for myself, I have noodled, I have noodled the notion of this human persona for decades. I've shared before on the show where um, I had a, a, a spiritual experience where um, I guess my soul dragged my ego to the core of my being and I experienced myself as just light, L-I-G-H-T. It's a very profound experience. I remember it vividly. and And in that moment, there was no persona of me. I was source consciousness. I was, um, I don't, words kind of suck when you try to describe the experience, but I was uh, pure consciousness. I wasn't a man or a woman. I, there wasn't a day of the week. There was no time. There was no space. There was no objects. There was no definition. Just like, just like, L-I-G-H-T. And and the common um, description of the beginning um, in Genesis, in the beginning was the light. And then after having that experience, I went back into my um, more familiar role as my my ego or my mind and my my body, and I returned to quote normal unquote. And and that experience. That experience really kind of demonstrated the 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 full spectrum of what is possible in the human persona. So Jesus is walking down the roads with down the road with some of his friends, and he he pulls them over to the side and says, "Here, watch this. Check this out." 
and he turns his persona into light in front of his friends. He turns himself into pure light in front of his friends. I suggest to you that if we were to conjure up a way to understand the human psyche, to understand where have we hidden this this um, this Jesus archetype within our persona? Where is this dormant power hidden in our human persona? It's quite clear that the hidden power of of our Jesus archetype, if you will. Um, is etherical. It's hidden from our five senses. It's not obvious to our five senses. Yet, as we've talked about, we exist in a field of miracle potential right now. Wherever you are right now, you exist in the potential of miracles. The quantum field which we've talked about many times with many guests on this show, is merely a mirror that reflects you back to you. So if, if, we, if we develop an etherical understanding, if we, if we create a mental model of this notion of being a human being, Maybe we can we can piece together a, a, a model of of the human persona and the quantum field, and then we can we can have a dialogue, a language, uh, a template of conversation, if you will, that would suggest where this hidden power might be. So. I suggest our understanding in this moment, the quantum field, or sometimes it's called a quantum mirror, the quantum field is the root of creation. In other words, um, if we were to peel back the, the substrate of creation, we would we would ultimately end up with the creator as a persona and the quantum field and its reflection. So in other words, um, Jesus walks into uh, an environment where hundreds of people are hungry and, and in one moment there's no food there and then in the snap of a finger, I don't know temporarily how much time it took, food is manifest out of thin air. So in our, in our eyes, that's a miracle. But to the quantum field, to a mirror, it's only reflecting what it is shown, if you will. So Jesus, through, through source consciousness, with imagination created the energetic equivalent of food etherically in the non-physical space and projected it on the quantum field and the quantum field said, well, of course there's a basket of food here because I'm just a reflection of what I am shown. So the the instantaneous creation that was demonstrated by Jesus is a principle of our own persona. But how many people walk around and instantly manifest? How many people walk around and instantly manifest out of thin air matter? Hell, anything except uh, sarcasm or a, a bad attitude. <laughs> um, I suggest to you that if if we were take if we were to take the notion of the quantum field as being the mirror 
and that we program or we project what we experience energetically into the quantum field and the quantum field um, reflects it back to us, that our subconscious is where we're going to find all our hidden treasures. Now, wait, what was that? In our subconscious, that's where we're going to find our hidden treasures. Well, I don't really mean quite exactly that, and, and I want to explain that. So when I say this, our subconscious is where we hold, where we will discover our power, the, the hidden treasures of our human potential, it's not that the subconscious is the power itself. It's that our subconscious is what is inhibiting our power. And I'll give you an example of that. And this is a first-hand example of this. So when I was 35, in my subconscious, I had an enormous amount of energy. I had an enormous amount of energy that I wasn't aware of. And by its very nature, subconscious means you're not aware of it. So if I were to ask you, please list everything in your subconscious, nobody could do that. <laughs> sure, you could get uh, general um, ideas formed. Well, I think I've got some unresolved self-worth issues. I have some unresolved self-love issues. But you're going to have a general idea. You're not going to have... Um, an exquisite inventory of what's in your subconscious. And as I've shared before many times, my, my cosmic awakening, the cosmic two-by-four across my forehead, was a moment when I released an immense amount of energy. So if the quantum field, the quantum mirror, reflects back to us the energy that we project onto it, the vast majority of what I was projecting onto the quantum mirror, I was not aware of. I was not cognizant of the, the vast majority of conversation, if you will, the vast majority of, of energetic projection out of my persona, if you will. I was not aware of the vast majority of it. So I'm here on the planet to convey the notion of the human persona as energy. I'm going to give you a little bit of background as far as how my soul prepared me for this life purpose that I have. To, to be able to talk about the human persona as energy with any sense of authority, with any sense of clarity, with any sense of insight, how the hell am I going to be able to convey the etherical aspects of the human persona as it relates to power? I mean, the fundamentals of personal power, personal power fundamentals. How am I going to be able to write about that, talk about that, understand it? It's such an etherical aspect. Well, my soul at a very early age, put me in front of television transmitters. In my 20s, I started working in television. And um, we, talked to, we talked a little bit uh, earlier in the show about electricity, about electricity, about how electricity has existed for a long time, but we didn't really understand it, and we certainly didn't harness it for many, many, many years. Well, at a very early age, my early 20s, I started working with an immense, an immense, and I can't under, um, understate that enough, an immense amount of raw power in the form of energy. The television transmitters I worked on would generate a million watts of power. 
So your microwave is like 500 watts of power, 500 watts of power, maybe 700, maybe 1,000 watts. I worked with a million watts of power. I, there was a, there's a couple of episodes where I had a very unexpected experience with electricity that demonstrated to me that electricity is an extremely powerful an extremely powerful yet extremely hidden force of nature. Uh, real quickly, I was on top of a mountain working on a transmitter and the 32,000 volt power supply wasn't coming up. <laughs> I said that right, 32,000 volt power supply wasn't coming up and we're trying to test the uh, I don't want to get too technical, but the three-phase 480-volt uh, primary power source. And uh, the test equipment I had was not responsive quick enough. I couldn't do uh, the, the kind of testing I wanted to do. And uh, a fellow engineer went out into his toolbox and he pulled out a little neon tester. You know the neon bulbs you see glowing in light switches or something? They're really faint. Well, the neon tester will tell you if there's electricity there or not. So I looked at the tester, and the tester said, good to 500 volts. This is rated to 500 volts. Well, I'm testing 480 volts. That should be fine. And I go to test. I go to take this little neon tester, just two test leads and a neon bulb, and I go to touch the 480, and a voice in my head said, Use both hands. I'm like, oh, okay. Because sometimes I'll just lay it on my palm and push the test probes on, onto the electricity. But the words, use both hands, right before I went to test, right before I went to touch the 480 volts. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And so I reach my other hand down there, and now I'm holding the tester with my, with my hands inches apart, and right in between my hands is this neon tester, and I go up and I touch the 480 volts, boom! In between my hands was a softball-sized ball of light. It was so loud, it sounded like a shotgun, boom! Very loud, my ears were ringing, Everybody in the room said, what the hell was that? And right in between my hands, right in between my palms, was a softball-sized ball of light, and it totally vaporized the tester. I just had two stubs of test leads. I almost grabbed my pants. I, I think I went into shock a little bit. I... I, I kind of got silent and had this glazed uh, deer in the headlights look, and it's like, what the hell just happened? Had that been laying on my arm, my shirt was was uh, burnt. On both sleeves were burnt, but my skin wasn't hurt. And that showed me an immense amount of power. Unexpectedly, I didn't. I wasn't asked for uh, consciously asking for it. But it demonstrated to me that in this space, right between my hands, if you put your hands out right now in front of you, if you put your hands out just a few inches apart, in between your hands is the, is the space that an immense amount of power could exist. Right where you are, putting your hands out just a few inches apart from each other, in that space is the potential for an immense amount of power. I couldn't see with my eyeballs what was about to happen. The immense amount of power that came out of that electrical pa panel that day was elusive to my brain, to my consciousness. And the reason I tell this story is The field of miracles exists before you now, but how responsive it is to you or how unresponsive it is to you is determined by the purity of the energy that you present from your persona. 
Remember, Jesus took his friends off to the side and he, sh- he demonstrated his persona as pure white light. I suggest to you that Jesus' subconscious was pretty much clean of karma. In other words, there was no dormant energy in his persona that was contrary to his consciousness. In other words, in my 30s, I had an immense amount of anger that I was not aware of. And that energy was 24-7 as a standing wave of energy projecting into the quantum field, and I had the reflection of that as my experience. We've talked about the quantum field many times on the show. As long as I had that unresolved emotional energy in my subconscious, I was constantly projecting to the quantum mirror the emotional components of my subconscious and the and the quantum mirror without bias or judgment reflected it back to me. So once I had that episode where I released the energy, very unexpectedly, that was over 20, probably 25 years ago um, by now, I took it upon myself to clear, to clean out my personal energy persona. So for the past several decades, I have looked at my human energy persona as the dialogue that I'm having with the quantum field, as the, um, the, the totality of my personal energy persona. In other words, I would suggest to you the reason why the vast majority of humanity does not expect miracles is because the vast majority of the energy they're projecting out of their personal energy persona into the quantum mirror is subconscious energy, is unresolved energy, is stagnant, dormant energy from their past that is stored in their subconscious. And the quantum mirror doesn't care, just like gravity doesn't care if you know how to walk. Until you can purify your own personal energy persona, the field of miracles will elude you. Until you can purify your personal energy persona, the field of miracles will elude you. And the reason why that is, I suggest, is that as long as you have a subconscious energetic component that that is combined with your conscious intention from affirmations, from vision boards, from from what you consciously intend to create, the your subconscious energy will of course be in the reflection of the quantum mirror as well as your your conscious intentions, your affirmations, your vision board. Now, if the majority of the energy that you're projecting on your persona is, is subconscious, your affirmations aren't going to have much effect. In other words, the vast majority of the energy or conversation or image, if you will, that you're projecting out of your persona into the quantum mirror the vast majority of that energy is more or less static. And that's why people click off years, even decades, saying affirmations to create something and it just doesn't happen. I read a I read an article online that said that seventy I think it's seventy or eighty percent of the people that do affirmations felt like they didn't work. I don't know how many of you have done affirmations for a, a long period of time, years, perhaps even decades, and you haven't seen a big change in your life. The lottery winnings didn't arrive at your doorstep. The um, the perfect uh, maid or whatever you're trying to manifest, the flashy car, the big house, whatever, it's God's good pleasure to give you all of those. 
But just like gravity didn't change, and gravity didn't give a rat's ass if you learned how to walk, the quantum mirror doesn't change. The quantum mirror doesn't care what you project to it. It'll gladly fulfill any request. But if the vast majority of your request is subconscious energy in your persona, you're not going to get a lot of traction. So what to do? What to do? I suggest that if you were to describe the, the notion of a personal spiritual journey, the, the journey of awakening, the journey of enlightenment, to be enlightened, is, could be described in strictly physics, in strictly physics terms as far as the human persona. I would suggest our current science could make only general assumptions and would not have any detailed language about the the physics of your personal energy persona as it relates to your reflection from the quantum mirror. But what's clear to me is as I purify the energy in my personal energy persona, my experience of reality changes. How I experience reality changes. So, um, <laughs> I don't know how to describe um, the how I experience my life and how it's different from the past. Um, I pretty much have quit uh, getting sick. I don't. I don't think I've had a cold for three, four, five years. I don't get the flu. I don't take any medicine. I don't, I don't, um, um, the more I purify my energy, the less the external world influences me, if that, if that makes any sense. The more I purify my energy, the bigger the vision for my life gets. The more I purify my energy, the more I, I see humanity from a place of compassion, forgiveness, and love. The more I purify my personal energy persona, the less I take things as personal. The more I purify my personal energy persona, the freer, and I cannot state this enough, the freer I feel about my personal experience, whether I'm happy or not, has nothing to do with anything physical in my experience. Whether I'm happy or not has nothing to do with the physical matter, the stuff that exists in my experience. I'm an eternal soul I'm a timeless, eternal soul that is immune from human intention. I can't break myself. My ego can't bugger it up. I can't do it. I can go run in front of a freight train and end this incarnation, but my soul continues. Every one of us has incarnated so many times. And here we are incarnate now at one of the most powerful, powerful galactic scale stories of the transformation of the human population on a planet. This has got to be the pivot point of the human archetype perhaps in the galaxy. And you're living it right now in these weeks, in these days, humanity is pivoting and the transformation of Earth is is happening while you're walking around, walking around on planet Earth. I suggest you in the coming days of humanity, we're going to see 
as we move from the caterpillar mindset of what it means to be a human being to the butterfly mindset of what it means to be a human being, when more and more of us accept our Christ consciousness, our source consciousness, when we heal our relationship with the quantum field, when we purify the energy within our own persona, new archetypes that haven't existed in our past mythology will emerge. The, the Jesus Christ effect, I just coined that term in the moment, the Jesus Christ effect of a human persona is going to start to be replicated more and more and more. It is done unto us as we believe. It's God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's the quantum field's effortless reflection that it, it um, demonstrates our the power of our persona. You are sitting in the best seat in the house. Your life purpose, before you were born, your soul looked at, and we've talked, to, we've talked about this in length with guests on the show, before we incarnate, our soul looks at the possibilities of how we can incarnate. And your soul chose your life, this life, right now, with a purpose in mind. You have a life purpose. You have a role to play in this galactic, epic story that's unfolding. You have a personal role, and that's your life purpose. When you can recognize your life purpose and then show up for it, that's the, that's the sweet spot of satisfaction. That's the sweet spot of fulfillment. That's the sweet spot of, of how wonderful you can feel at the end of the day. Heaven and hell is a today archetype. Heaven and hell is a today experience. There's not some time in the future where heaven and hell will be more available than right now today. Heaven and hell is a today kind of thing. For heaven to exist on earth is for us to recognize our divinity, to purify our personal energy persona. The tagline to new human living is pure, authentic you. When, when I suggest the most powerful thing you can do in this lifetime is to purify your personal energy persona. I'm here as a human being on planet Earth to language how to do that. That's why I exist. My life purpose is to bring that to light for the, for the human population to recognize and discover its own divinity, its own uh, Christ potential, if you will. This show, this radio show is an example of that. I wrote a book, Personal Power Fundamentals, which is, a, a, I think, a spot-on description of how we ingest energy into our subconscious and then perhaps, more importantly, how we can release it. In order for you to claim your Christ consciousness, you had, uh, it would serve you well to understand the sovereignty and the dominion that you have strictly by your existence the sovereignty and dominion of your reflection from the quantum field is exquisite, it's absolute. I wrote about that in a book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power. God is not coming to save our ass. God is a glowing orb coming down from the skies to wave a wand and change the slums into palaces just ain't going to happen. God is not coming to save our ass. We're going to save our ass. It's through the human persona that heaven will return to earth. I wrote a book, Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior, uh, to help you understand that it's a, it's a spiritual book. It's not a religious book. It's a spiritual book to talk about your role in the, in the grand transformation of earth. You are the divinity that's going to save humanity's ass just by you fulfilling your life purpose. How cool is that? How cool is that? I, 
I, you know, we're pretty much out of time, but holy cow. This is one of the, the most grandest adventures imaginable by, by, by any stretch of the imagination. Such an epic storyline is playing out on Earth now. You as an old soul said, yeah, I want some of that. What a grand adventure. You chose to be here at this time. You chose to come into this karmic tsunami. You chose to come here with an immense challenge that it would be to discover your divinity in in a human population that has no notion of divinity, not, not in any scale anyway. I'm here to serve you. It's my pleasure. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Go to newhumanliving.com and and sign up for the newsletter and and look at my Kool-Aid. You are you are the most powerful substance to change the human experience on planet Earth that has ever existed. How cool is that? I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Always a pleasure. Until next time. Thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at NewHumanLiving.com. Thanks for listening. 